Welcome to the Blip Podcast. This is where we help agents build successful agencies. Today, I got to have Shana Levin of the Levin Insurance Agency on. I was really pumped about this one because Shana and her team are doing something that so many of us have tried to do, but failed. And that is purchasing and closing internet leads. So, um, I mean, I know personally our experience with this was not amazing in our agency. I've tried it when I was a captive. I tried it on the independent side. And what it is, is I I think it's just that we didn't have the right systems in place and we weren't really geared up for it. So we primarily work off referrals. And so, you know, that's kind of the process that we're used to. But Shana just started from the get-go buying leads. So they've done it now for about five years. They've spent about $200,000 on average per year on internet leads, and they're closing them. And Shana kind of attributes the success to their sales process, but also that um, her and her husband, who works with her in the agency, have totally separate roles, but their roles are really based around what they're great at, and they don't really overlap at all. So I'm super pumped to get into this, but before we do, this episode is brought to you by our master insurance agency, our anti-aggregator, Blue Lion Insurance Partners, or BLIP for short. Find out what we're doing at bluelioninsurancepartners.com. And now, without further delay, let's get into it. Here's my conversation with Shana. Thank you, um, everyone who joins us today. Welcome to the Blip Podcast, where we help agents build successful agencies. I'm Josh Berg, and if you're interested in what we're doing, check us out at bluelioninsurancepartners.com. You can find out more information on our anti-aggregator. And if you haven't subscribed to this podcast or YouTube channel or wherever you're listening and you've received some value from it, please subscribe, leave a comment. It really just helps us reach more people, which is kind of our goal. So today I have Shana Levin with the Levin Insurance Agency out of Commerce Township in Michigan with me today. So thanks, Shana, for joining me. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, So Shana, you came from the captive world and now you've been on the independent side for what, 20, 22 months, something like that? Our one-year anniversary, or two-year anniversary is June 1st. Oh, June 1st. All right. Well, do you want to give us a quick background, like how you guys kind of got into insurance and, and you know, bring us up to today? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the we is uh, me and my husband, Jeff. Uh, we run the yep. agency together. And um, about five years ago, I was uh, working, uh, selling mortgages for Quicken Loans. Uh, you know, over the phone in their call center, selling mortgages across the country. And I had been there for about 10 years, which made me kind of a dinosaur there. And I was very successful, but very unhappy. Uh, So um, after about a year telling Jeff that I was going to quit, I finally did it one day, not knowing what I was going to do. I was rather insane, but uh, figured out, I figured I would just figure out what has has to happen next. Um, So I took a couple weeks to kind of detox and figure out what was going to happen and uh, reached out to some contacts. One thing led to another and uh, we opened an insurance agency and it seemed like it had really transferable skills and it's been a a good fit since then. 
Yeah. And then, so you guys switched over to the independent side close to two years ago. Yep. Um, and from our discussions, seems like it's been going well. Um, but so you were at Quicken for 10 years and you said you didn't, you didn't like, it. did you not like it the whole time you were there? Did something No, change? I really, really liked it for a long time. Um, I started there when I was 22 years old. So if you're doing the math, you can add up how old I am. Um, <laughs> but, you know, when you're 22, 23, making multiple six figures and they're having fun and drinking pop or eat, eating popcorn, drinking slushies, and it's a really cool environment, that's fun. Um, but eventually, when you make enough money, your needs are met, your wants are met, and then they still want more and you don't want to give more. And then you have you get married, you have kids and it's just enough is enough. And um, it was always just what else can you do? You know, if I was working 45 hours and I was the number one person on the team. It wasn't, hey, great job. It was, well, if you worked 55 hours, what could we get out of you? And right, what they got out right. of me was me to leave. So uh, yeah. I liked it for a while, but then it ran its course. So some of the stuff that you were doing there, it sounds like transitioned with you to the insurance side. Do you want to give us a brief overview of how your agency is set up? Like, do you have um, like how many employees do you guys have customer service reps and um, slash producers or do you seg you separate them how's it set up we have I'm counting right now five producers and two okay. uh, CSRs plus Jeff and me and my dog when he comes to the office and our salespeople sell our service people service so it's very uh, separated um, it's set up kind of like a casual call center and what I mean by that is um, the salespeople just based on the layout of our office sit in one of two different sales offices where we have several desks set up um, so everybody's got their own desk but everybody's sharing ideas listening to each other on the phone um, if somebody's on the phone with an underwriter hey before you hang up can I talk to them um, so everybody's really working together for a common goal. And then our customer service team sits in a little bit different area of the office, again, just based on the layout. And our sales team uh, acquires the business, um, which we do 99% of the business over the phone. And uh, once they write the customer, get the document signed, get any supporting documentation, uh, there is not an official handoff, but an introduction to the customer service team, and then down the road, if there's ever endorsements, questions, whatever, customer service handles that 100%. And so you guys are coming up on your two-year mark. How much, where are you guys at right now? Um, um, as of a couple month. days ago, I think we were at 4.1 million, and we started that from That's scratch. That's awesome. Um, and so you, ha you do have um, like your producers, and then you have your customer service uh, people, how are you guys getting the business? Without knowing specific numbers, because that's Jeff's department, I would guess that about 90% of the business that we write is from internet leads. Okay. So you purchase internet leads, live transfers, not anything else. You're just buying internet. Mostly uh, outbound internet leads. We do have some live transfers, but um, the leads keep us so busy that in order to have live transfers, you have to have people off the phone. And my people seem to always be on the phone. So we turn on the live leads when we need to, um, but mostly just outbound high intent internet leads. So it's not, you know, uh, an X date list of names and phone numbers. It's people that yeah. have shown an actual interest. And what keeps my people on the phone is they say when they call the leads, they pick up the phone and they actually want to talk to you. So it's yeah. a unique situation. Most people in the independent world specifically don't buy leads at all. It's not cheap, but um, we think we've got a, a pretty good system figured out. So yeah, have you, 
in get finding the right um, company to purchase those through, has that been a long journey to get there, or did you guys just nail it on the head first time? <laughs> I wish I could say that we nailed it the first time. We had. I knew I wanted to buy leads because that's what I did at Quicken. I, I'm not a hunter. I don't know how to really go out and get my own leads. I should probably listen to some of your podcasts for doing that. Um, but um, <laughs> you guys sound like you're doing just. <laughs> but uh, we bought leads, and in the beginning, we were just we had no idea what we were doing, and we were being sold a bag of goods by a lot of lead providers. We had leads from every resource, and really started to narrow down which lead providers we wanted to work with, which would work with us and the crazy ideas that we had for what kind of leads that we wanted. And now we have just a small handful of lead providers that give us all the volume that we can handle, um, sometimes too much, uh, which is fine. And um, we really just focus on a, a couple lead providers and have a really good relationship with them. So what's, I mean, to, to make purchased internet leads, successful i would think you would have to have a pretty dialed in process like yeah absolutely. can you go over like what does that look like yeah first thing you have to be willing to spend money in order to make money you can't just say okay i'll throw a thousand dollars at it and see what happens we've yeah. spent close to a million dollars uh, over the last five years on leads trying to figure out what works to get that return on investment you have to be able to figure out the numbers like i might not make the money today but as long as that sticks on my books for whatever amount of time there will be a positive return. And now I'm talking about things I don't really know. That's Jeff's department. But most importantly, <laughs> with the lead, you have to have a process. You have to not just call it once and move on to the next one. Our um, lead management system, we use Velocify. Um, it's very robust, very expensive. Um, but I have built it so that it tells our, our producers when to call the lead, what to do with it. Um, there are, I think, eight different touches that I've built in from the producers, there's a few automated emails that go out. So we've got a lot of touches over a span of two weeks or three weeks in the beginning. And then we have a requote system. So when we put that lead in requote, it's reaching back out to them around their X date. Um, there's a system for nurture leads, which are leads that we don't actually reach. Um, so we're just trying whatever we can to get as much as we can out of those leads. And a lot of our sales happen around the fourth, fifth, sixth touch, not the first or second. Yeah. It, um, so I'm curious, like the, we, so as an agency, we've purchased internet leads in the past. You know, I did it back in the day. I, I used to be an all state agent like 12 years ago, 13 years right. ago, something like that. But um, when, and when I was there, we tried it and we've tried it on, you know, on the independent side and just, it hasn't worked out for us. I mean, we typically were used to getting referrals. So, you know, calling leads that oftentimes for, from our experience didn't really want to hear from you. It just wasn't fun. And we didn't, we didn't hammer it. We didn't have a process in place and it just, it didn't go well, you know? Yeah. Um, I think so another I was, key is yeah. when you, when you're calling them, you have to have a sales process. And that's really what I pulled over from Quicken is, all right, I've got them on the phone. How do I close these people? Right. They've never seen me. They've never talked to me. How do I take their body language, which I can't see, but I can hear? How do I control the conversation? And I think that's really what sets us apart. Yeah, we buy the leads, but what do we do with them once we get them? And I think we just got a really um, buttoned up sales process for acquiring the business. We're closing, we're asking for the business um, and, and following up on those cues that the prospects are giving us and trying to turn that into high quality business. Do you guys use... Um like an auto dialer built in or are you punch in the number and every time 
We punch in the number most of the time. The system has a dialer, but I'm cheap. It costs a little bit of extra money and I don't yeah. love it. Um, so right now they're dialing by hand. Yeah, cool. And what's um, with those leads? I know I'm just kind of hammering this question, but I'm so intrigued Fine. by this. Um, so with those leads, do you have an idea of about what your contact rate is with those? I'm sure Jeff does. So the way we yeah. operate, a time for a little break about where Jeff comes in. So yeah. my background is in sales. My background is in talking to people, dealing with the staff. Um, I call myself the front of the house manager. Jeff's yeah. background is in financial stuff. He was a financial analyst uh, for several years for different companies. He was also a professional poker player for a little while. So he's a numbers guy, an analytical guy, and kind of the way that, kind of the back of the house. So the way that we divide the work is he, I say, you give me the leads, I'll sell them. So I really have no idea how the numbers work, what our contact <laughs> rate is or anything like that. Velocify is supposed to track that, but I think there's so many leads from yeah. our history that I don't even think the numbers are accurate. I'd love to like hit reset one day and then start over, but that scares me. Um, so I have no idea what our contact rate is, yeah. but I know how many leads that my team is getting and I know how busy they get. So I have to believe the contact rate is pretty high. If they're getting 10 leads, which some are getting more, some are getting less. If they're getting 10 new internet leads a day, they might quote five or seven of them, which is pretty high. Wow. That's yeah. really high. Yeah. Um, so, so you and Jeff sound like the perfect team here. <laughs> I, one of the one of the things that you told me to prepare for, Josh, was like, you know, what, what's different about us, or, or yeah, um, you know, what do we do well? And I really think that is uh, one of our secrets to success. When somebody starts a business, insurance agency selling widgets, it doesn't matter. You're one person, and you might be good at financial stuff. You might be good at sales, but it's very rare for somebody to be good at both sides of things. And you really right. need to have both sides to be successful. We yeah. have both sides of those things, not in either one of us, um, but together we think we're a pretty powerful team. He always says, you know, I'm moving 100 miles an hour. He makes sure I'm going in the right direction. Um, nice. So we, together we work really well. And I think that's one of our secrets to success is we can try things. He can say, hey, try this, do this, and I can do it. And then he can analyze what that is. And I don't even pretend to understand it. He doesn't pretend to try and do what I do. So we respect each other's um, strengths and weaknesses really well. We don't even work in the same location. Uh, so we don't drive oh, each nice. other insane. Um, but I think that that's one of our secrets to success is not just the leads, it's not the sales process, it's who we are um, and, and our experience that, that lends us to finding extra success. Yeah, um, that's awesome. I know a lot of people shy away from partnerships, but that's like, I have, I have a business partner and we're we're like that right he's like you i'm like your husband yeah. and uh it's it works great works great yeah. um so when you what what have you found like so internet leads are different than you know referrals right so and you have to treat them differently i'm sure mm -hmm. um but are you finding that are, are you guys do you, do you try to quote somebody and keep them on the line when you get in contact with I them i wish we could, um, but we found that it's impossible. In the captive world, one carrier, do the quote, great. You can, right. you can build rapport for 20 minutes while you're putting the numbers together. In the independent world, it's much harder, and we've just decided we're just going to do a two-call process. We don't yeah. use a rater. We were using a rater, but our primary um, carrier is not really compatible with the rater, so okay. that was a waste. We'd end up having to type something in a couple times anyway, so we just have a good conversation. We hang up the phone. We call back, and we're still writing a ton of business that way, which tells yeah. me we're having really good conversations the first time. 
Um, so I, I would say our first calls last between 20 and 30 minutes where we're, uh, we developed, um, I don't have one here with me, uh, we call it our green sheet, it's a green piece of paper, front and back, all the questions that all of our carriers ask. So I combined mm -hmm. all the questions, we ask everything, where we're building rapport, the why are you in the market for new insurance, why now, and then we tell them we're going to hang up and we're going to call them back. And then we work on the quotes and we call them back. And we seem to not lose that many people in that process. Um, so we are not doing it all in one call. How, how does that, um, yeah, that's, inter that's really interesting. Cause I would think that it, from, you know, from what I've heard, experience, whatever, um, oftentimes internet leads are like, super price oriented. That's all they're looking for. Um, but it sounds like you guys kind of get around that by keeping them on a phone for a while, the first time building some rapport and getting all the info. So when you call them back, it's, it's a done deal if they're interested. Yeah. I mean, it's still about price. We're in Michigan, most expensive auto insurance in the country. So we'd be lying if we said it's not about price. It yeah. is, but then we assure the people, hey, we're an independent agency. So if price ever becomes a concern, let us know. We do an annual review for all of our customers. We send them a postcard to, hey, you're coming up on your insurance anniversary. Call us so we can review things. So we try to capture people that are concerned um, yeah. you know, at that point. Um, but we kind of are okay with our process being, I call it insurance flipped on its head. A lot of insurance agents um, work on building relationships first, right? They're networking, they're mortgage yeah. people, yep. their BNI groups, church, whatever, building relationships saying the business will come. And then they do the transaction. Here, I'm really okay with that transaction being the first step. Yeah. We'll build the relationship over time. Totally. So we will do the birthday cards, send newsletters, like a, a hard copy newsletter, um, you know, referral gift cards, the annual review, those touches after is what I make sure that my service team is really good at doing and, and they focus on the retention piece. So we just flipped it on its head, the transaction first, then the relationship. The thing I love about the way you guys are doing it is that it's scalable right? Mm -hmm. You want to grow more, just you have the numbers. So you just figure out how much more you need to buy and another person in the seat that can close. So that's cool. Yeah. Um, how does that handoff look? You said it's not a true handoff. But when after yeah, the it's producer. not like we're, the person's on the phone. We're like, let me put you on hold and introduce you to Rebecca. It, it's not like yeah. that. But, um, but at the end of that call, they say, okay, so all this time, so our producers all have a direct dial phone number. That's how they communicate. That's their outbound uh, caller ID. But at the end, they say, okay, the phone number you've been calling me on, delete it from your phone. The new phone number that I want you to put in there is this phone number. You can call us. You can text us at that number. Our customer service team is going to take care of you from this point forward. Um, okay. So they try to do that. There's still customers that contact the sales producers later. And then the sales yep. producers say, let me get you over to service. Let me make sure you have their phone number and just continually try to uh, encourage the person to contact them directly. Um, and when we send emails to the customer, like we use Rocket Referrals for surveys, okay. I think it might come from our service email. I'm not sure. It might. Um, but we just try to communicate from that general email so that people learn that this is who you contact. Okay. And so have you guys gotten much pushback on that, in, on that handoff? Once in a blue moon, people are like, who's my agent? And I'm like, we are all of your agents. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm more than happy to be your personal contact. But in our office and, and in general, we find that it works better if you don't have just one contact. Because what if that one contact isn't around? What if they're on yep. the phone? We try to convince and encourage people that having a team is better. 
the way we work in our office, we've only recently grown to two CSRs, we just had one before, um, is it's a division by alphabet, but the customers don't know that. So when a customer calls in, whoever answers the phone takes the call and, and deals with the situation. It's not, let me put you on hold to talk to the person who does the other yeah. part of the alphabet. But when we are assigning tasks or um, following up on things, or if an email comes in, we go based on the customer's last name, and that's who deals with it. So in time, uh, based on the law of averages, they might end up, a customer might end up dealing with Rebecca more than Megan. But yeah. um, in general, uh, it's just a, a team approach, and very rarely do we get any pushback, and we just kind of teach people, hey, that's how it works now. Nice. Yeah. Um, do you, do you know? Um, my guess is you don't. But do you have an idea of what your retention looks like? I was curious I wish about that. We yeah. did because we use Easy Links, and their yeah. metrics for retention are terrible. Yes. Because yes. anytime a new policy comes in, it doesn't see it as a rewrite; it sees right. it as a new policy. So I wish I did. We've try, been trying to test it using Easy Links. They, I don't know anybody who uses Easy Links. They send out that monthly pulse report. Yeah. And it has a retention number. And we were like, yeah. oh, great, we'll do a test. And we'll just put in a few as rewrite. Because if we could test that doing that showed us a change, I'd be willing to manually go in and change everything to rewrite that yeah. needs to be to get me an accurate number. They can't manually do that report. It only comes out once a month. Nobody knows how to generate it. So no, I have no idea what our retention is. But I want to believe that it's decent. Um, I know that it's not as high as if our book was built on referrals, yeah. but I also know that um, it's not as low as a lot of people think it could be with internet leads. Sure. Yeah. Yes. And I feel your pain on the easy links reports. <laughs> feel your pain. I've, I've had that conversation so many times. You call them. I just want to redo this report. Show me how to re recreate this one. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, they sent us a uh, twelve-page instructions. Well, you could download it to Excel and count. Like, really? <laughs> you could compare yeah. last month's report to this month's report. Okay, great. How about you download it, you count it, and you let me know what those numbers are. Exactly. exactly. Um, I, you know, I, I have frustrations with them as a provider, but they are doing some good stuff. So I'll, yeah. I'm not, I'll give them a little pat yeah, on the back. Yeah, it's simple. I like that their system yeah. is simple. There's no frills and that works for us right now. Yeah. Um, so can you, this is, well, can you go through after the sale, what, what happens then? So now the person who generated the business is semi out of the picture. What does your customer experience look like from that point? Like that first year? Are you sending yeah. texts, emails? Are you calling them, sending them stuff in the mail? Good question. Um, so right away, we send the customer a welcome packet, which is a branded folder from our agency. It's got their deck pages, a couple flyers about our agency, business cards for their producer to encourage referrals, um, their auto ID cards in a nice little holder. Um, and we do that because we never brand our carriers. If you ever look at our social media or whatever, we never yeah. talk about the carriers we have because in the independent world, you are your brand. So you can either yep. choose to brand your carriers or choose to brand yourself. So we choose to brand ourselves. And um, so we send them this welcome packet so that they have something of us there. It's got a little notepad, so it's there. Um, four times a year, they get our quarterly newsletter, which we use insurancenewsletters.com for that. Um, we might be the only people in the country that use them, but uh, we do that. It's a nice color four or five page newsletter. Um, yeah. Birthday cards. Um, 
we, so we do some physical touches. Um, in this day and age of so many emails, we get that physical yeah. thing in their hand. We send the annual review postcard between 45 and 75 days before their renewal. We do it before their renewal is actually in because we don't want that conversation to be about price. Yep. If you have a concern about price, call me, but I want to make sure that we're reviewing your policies. Um, yeah. And then a couple emails. Um, we do like a Thanksgiving and Fourth of July email, but I don't really do much in terms of marketing to try to cross sell or, hey, call us about life insurance. I really try to leave people alone. Um, also, I'm not really that good at it. <laughs> and um, <laughs> frankly, while we've been building up, you know, profitability is a, is a, a subject that I think any new agency owner can um, sure. relate to. I'm not spending my money on things that don't immediately make me money right now. That time will yeah. come and we're, we're getting there. Uh, we're not we're not bleeding money anymore. So that's good. Um, yeah. But, um, you know, I, I right now we're just focused on the growth and not so much the extra things that one day we would will ultimately do. Uh, like one of the things we used to do at the captive was send kids birthday cards with a Dairy Queen gift card. You know, yep. kids not buying anything from me, but that's another touch. That's something the parents yeah. can enjoy. So yeah. just those little touches. And you keep that branding in front of that kid. So when the time does come, yeah. right. Love it. Get them while they're young. I think that's, was that, was Marlboro doing that for a while? <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> so what would you say that you in particular are really good at? Like, what's your special skill? My special skill is sales. Um, okay. I don't get to do it as much as I did when it was my livelihood, but I love to sell. Um, I still get the thrill of the sale. I love to talk to a stranger on the phone. You know, friends and family are easy, but every once in a while I'll call a lead and I'll get them on the phone or take an inbound call if everybody's busy. And I just love closing. I love convincing somebody to see things my way. Um, when I'm not selling. Um, I'm big on processes. I love to create a process, fine tune a process, solve a problem. Um, while we were uh, having some turnover, I was the CSR in the office. I loved doing that and solving people's problems. You know, what do you need? How yeah. can I get it done as quickly as I possibly can so I can move on to the next thing? Um, so sales and processes are, are kind of my specialties. Nice. What, um, when when you create a new process, like you were just talking about, you know, you've had some turnover when you, you like creating processes, that sort of thing. When you start a new process for somebody who's been with you for a little bit of time and you try to implement that or have them implement that, how does that go? How is that difficult? Cause I found that to be fairly difficult. <laughs> um, I generally will model a process we create off of what somebody's already doing. So like, for example, when we were creating processes for our workflow with our lead management system, I was finding that my top producer was doing things manually to like do her own thing. So I said, can we just find a way to automate what you're doing? So I just program mm -hmm. the system to automate it. So a lot of our processes come from, that's what people are already doing. Let's make this uniform for everybody. So I don't think the implementation is so hard for the people that are already here. What can be a challenge is when you're new and you come in and you're like, oh, I'm going to do this my way. No, you're not. You're going to do this my way because this is how everybody does it. And I know I sound insane when I say this, but I equate it to like in the military, you train and train and train. You know that the person to your right and the person to your left, that's where they're going to be. So in the heat of the moment, you're not thinking, you're just doing. Yeah. And you do that because if you don't do what you're supposed to do, if you're not where you're supposed to be, people die. 
and nobody's going to die in our agency, but I need to know what to expect. You need to know what to expect. And it helps me figure out if something's broken, where in the process it went wrong, rather than everybody's doing their own thing. Everybody's got their own process. It helps me figure out, okay, this is a piece that's broken, or this is the piece everybody's avoiding. Let's just get rid of it or change it. So every, it's really hard when you're a new person because you really got to figure out all the crazy things that we do. Like so much like you got to put the napkins in the bathroom the right way. <laughs> like everything is. Right. <laughs> so. Um, how, so how, how are you liking it? Do you like the independent side more than Absolutely. the captive? Are there pros and cons? I know you're like, you're sold. I'm sold. The one thing, and, and we're newer, so it, we're, we're we're transitioning from being newer to more established, I guess, at this yes. point, two years yep. in. But um, in the captive world, right, at least at Allstate, having that money up front was nice, that extra yeah. money that they give you the enhancement. That's nice. We miss that. But I'll take the more money later. Um, yeah. Their trips were, um, it's, we were just talking about this the other day because we're going on a carrier trip in a couple of weeks. It seems like the trips at the captive were more uh, family oriented and it was really a reward rather than we're going to send you on a trip and it's really going to be a meeting, but we're going to yeah. call it a trip. So it seems like that we haven't been on a ton, so it might be premature, um, but everything else we love. We love the freedom. We love the flexibility. We love that when you talk to a carrier, they actually want to help you. <laughs> it's not yeah. like, how do I control you? It's how can I make your life better? And that's really been amazing. You know, we have a, an underwriter who wants to help us rather than be secretive. Um, and, you know, success is rewarded. We love that we can continue, um, you know, growing. And there's, you know, just so many ideas that we can implement and really just do whatever we want with yeah. the agency and the different markets and different options. It's been, it's, it's awesome. And the sky's really the limit. Do you feel like you're more of a business owner, like a legitimate business owner on the independent side as opposed to the captive or you feel that's pretty equal? Yeah. So when I was at Quicken, you know, I, I kept being unhappy, changing my job, changing my location, what I did, who I worked for, and I just wasn't happy. And when we moved to the captive world and I felt I was quote unquote self-employed, um, you know, it felt like, okay, here was an itch that hadn't been scratched and that's what was missing. You know, I wanted to be in charge. But then you go to the independent world, you realize you really weren't that self-employed as a captive agent. There's still somebody above you making the rules, judging you, looking at everything that you're doing. So um, yeah, this is, this is actually absolutely been great. I feel like we are definitely business owners and this is what we were meant to do. Nice. Love that. Um, well, so where, where do you see your, your agency in five years? Like if you were to fast forward, what, what do you think it looks like? It's a really interesting question because Jeff and I were just talking about this this weekend. As I mentioned, you know, we're starting to transition from being a startup agency to more of an established agency. And what do the next three to five years look like? And we've talked about, okay, we focus exclusively on personal lines in our agency. We don't do any commercial. We refer that out. Um, we try to avoid doing life insurance if we can, because I don't love it. Um, we refer out our health, but we focus on personal lines. There's opportunity to capture all of those other things. So it's... Yeah. You know, if the team that we have wants to grow and somebody wants to emerge as a leader and learn commercial, great. I will support you. We will start a commercial, uh, you know, division um, or everybody can just continue being awesome. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's really trying to figure out what does our path look like? And it's either growth or staying the same. Um, you know, we used to, I think, have visions of, you know, there's going to be 100 producers and we'll have 10 locations. I think we've dialed that down a little bit, um, not to dampen the mood. My mom passed away about a year and a half ago. And I oh, found that yeah. 
my mindset changed a little bit about what's really important. And um, I think that, you know, that's kind of changed directions and we don't necessarily know now what the next piece is, but we definitely love this business. I mean, everybody that's in it, I think is in it for similar reasons. I love that I can be flexible with my kids. I love that my team can be, you know, a little bit flexible, although we work a lot um, because we're still in startup mode. Um, You know, one of the vision is our team working a little bit less, but being rewarded still handsomely and, taking more trips and, and, um, you know, just kind of taking it to that next level, um, in terms of the reward for all the hard work we've put in. Nice. Do you feel like losing your mom? Do you feel like that changed the way that you manage staff or producers? Did it have an effect on that? Really? Yeah, absolutely. It, uh, it gave me a lot more empathy. Um, it gave me more perspective. It dampen. I mean, I'm, I'm, pretty, uh, I don't know if you can see the sign back there. It says, I don't sugarcoat anything. I'm not Willy Wonka. <laughs> um, my team got that for me. Um, it, it just kind of softened my edges a little bit. I, I'm still, I work a lot. I still push, but I understand, hey, if you need to go do the thing with your kid, like, do that. Work will be here. If you yeah. want to go to your kid's baseball tournament, if you need to, you know, take an extra long lunch because your sister's in from out of town, like do those things. Work will be here. Um, so I think that it's just softened my edges a little bit and changed my own priorities. Nice. Yeah. I love that. Cool. Um, well, I don't have anything else for you. I, that you were great. I appreciate you coming on and spending your time with us. Um, where can people find you if they want to reach out? Um, you can find me on Facebook, Shana Levin, or our uh, agency page is Levin Insurance Agency. Um, my email is Shana, S-H-A-Y-N-A, at Levin Agencies. That's plural because somebody else had the other version. Um, L-E-V-I-N-A-G-E-N-C-I-E-S dot com. Um, my direct phone number is 248-531-8302. Nice. And do you have, last question I'm going to ask you, do you have a... Um, a book recommendation? I don't love to read business books. If I ever get time to read, I generally prefer um, like fiction, like not, what is it? Fiction, just to yeah, take yeah. my mind off of things. But um, I did read, um, you know, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. I liked that one. Right. Um, but a book that I've given my team lately is the one, um, there's the Navy Admiral it talks about making your bed. It's not a book, but he turned his speech into a book. Start uh-huh. each day by making your bed. Um, so that's a, a quick read that is a good one that I gave out to my team. Uh, and nice. I encourage them. And they talk about it still. Like, start it, what did you do to start your day with a victory? And just earlier today, uh, one of my uh, team members was talking about how she started exercising. And she said, that's my make my bed. And I was like, what are you talking about? I was like, oh, <laughs> it, it, she remembered that term. And I was like, oh, yeah, I talked about that. So um, nice. it's, it's a good message. So I like short little books that keep my attention that I can share with my team. So I do those little things. Awesome. Well, thank you again. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for everyone who listened. Um, Yeah, totally appreciate it. Shane Levin, Levin Insurance Agency out of, hold on. Commerce Township. There you go. Yes. Thanks, Jeff. All right. Thanks, guys.